Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Well, happy Thanksgiving, guys. I'm thankful. I tell you, we pray for you guys every day, and uh, we're just, every day, it just starts with thank God for the joy that we have to serve such an awesome group of people. So love you, bunches, and I pray you have an amazing, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Amen? Just uh, a couple of verses here we want to start with. Look at this right here. It's but wait, there's more. So this whole more series comes out of a couple of verses we're hanging our hat on. First one, John 10, 10. John 10, 10. I have come that they, this, this is Jesus, Jesus. Why did he come? Jesus, what did you come for? Why? I have come that they might have life, Zoe, the God kind of life. I came that they might now have access to be restored to the God kind of life and that they may have the God kind of life, not just a bit, not just enough to get them through, not just to the brim, but abundantly and overflowing their lives. The God kind of life until it overflows. You know, the God kind of life overflowing your life is what we need because other people need to experience how good God is. Another verse, one of my favorites, one of my first verses I really remembered on purpose purpose was this one, Romans 8.32. It says, he who gave his own son for us, he who did not withhold or spare even his own son for us, he said, will he not, will he not also along with him give us all other things? Think about that for a second. Just please. Like, that should just mess you up. I mean, you should, you should memorize that one and just think about it all the time. That Did he give us his son? I mean, did he? He did. He really did. And I mean, there's, there's that massive sign that God is nuts about us and for us. What an expressive gift that God has given us to give us his own son. And his own son gave himself for us, gave himself up that we might experience the fullness of God and so that we could be reconciled to God. But that's not all. But wait, there's more. I mean, one translation says, how much more along with him will he not give us all other things? Just, just, I just saw you sitting on the couch out there and I thought I'd share that with you, you know, so, so. Think of all other things. How many need some other things? How many say, thank you for Jesus, but I got some other stuff I'm concerned about. Got it covered because I looked up all other things. You know what it means? It means all other things. It's like, wow, I know, stop, please. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is an awesome thing. It's good to give thanks. There was a, uh, a fellow who owned a farm, and, and uh, he had six people in the family. And, and every year, they would kind of take turns. You know, two would get the chicken leg. They loved chicken legs. But every year, you know, I was watching a college football game yesterday in Texas, and they had this big barbecue with all these smoked barbecue chicken turkey legs. I was like, wow. But in this family, they love turkey legs. And he said, you know, i got to be able to do this. He says, I'm sure I can figure out a way to, to just somehow uh, genetically modify a turkey so that my family can be blessed, a turkey that has six legs. So he's telling everybody that he's working on a six-legged turkey. And so finally, he came in one time, uh, you know, to, the, to town. He came into the little local coffee shop, sat there with all the folks. He says, hey, how you doing? Did you get that six-legged turkey? And he says, you know what? I did. I finally have been able to, to bring into manifestation a six-legged turkey they said that's awesome how does the turkey taste he says i don't know i can't catch them <laughs> thanks joey joey you're awesome it's a guy you know anybody has a parrot anybody know a friend who has a parrot yeah, that's all well there's a guy who got a parrot and he, it was a second-hand parrot and he didn't realize it, though, but when he got the parrot, the parrot was owned by a sailor, and all the sailor did was cuss. And so uh, it, was a, it was a parrot with foul language. So a parrot. <laughs> so, so anyway, the parrot had just foul language. So parrot just every day, just like sitting down, the parrot <laughs> And one day he came home, and he says, nasty day, and the parrot goes, yeah, bleeping, bleeping, I can't take it anymore. He grabbed the parrot, he ran downstairs, he had a big chest freezer there, he opened the freezer, threw the parrot in, and went upstairs and sat back down, and he's sitting there going like, oh, that was awful. I mean, I just can't believe I just threw a parrot in the freezer. That's terrible. So he ran downstairs, got the parrot out, just wiped him off, took him up, put him back on his perch, and sat him there, and then he went and sat down. He's reading the paper. The parrot just sat there quietly, just kind of trembling a bit, you know. And all of a sudden, the parrot said, 
can I ask you something? <laughs> and he said, sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What's the question? He says, what did the turkey do? I was just checking to see if that was my brother giving applause, but he's not. He's just kind of scowling at me going, oh, my God. He says, if only Dad saw you now, he'd be like, that's my brother, sister-in-law in the back there. Just, it's good to see them visiting us for Turkey Day. Just a little more ammunition for you around the tables. You ready? What do turkeys eat on Thanksgiving? Nothing. They're already stuffed. <laughs> How many writing these down? I'll talk slower. Glenn, you writing this? I'll talk slower. All right. Why did the turkey eat his meal so quickly? He had to. He's a gobbler. Okay, why did the turkey join the band? Because he had drumsticks. Okay, that was good. All right. Why was the turkey sent to the principal's office? Because he used... You were here last night. Stop it. All right. So. What did the little turkey say to the big turkey? Peck on someone your own size. Okay, how many want me to stop with that? Right. Thank you. All right. No, I don't have any more. That's it. I, actually, I do have one more. I got one more right here. We'd like to hire you to steal Thanksgiving. So that's a turkey to the, to the Grinch. Okay, move on. Just go to the next. Just go past that. All right, let's get into some Thanksgiving. You ready? I made this chart all by myself. All right, I drew this all by myself. Didn't get it anywhere. I made it myself. But that's a scale 10. That's where you're really, really full-on grateful. And then 10 at the bottom is where you're full-on grumble. Say grumble. grumble. What is the opposite of Thanksgiving? It's not not giving Thanksgiving. Not giving Thanksgiving is not giving Thanksgiving. But really, the opposite of being thankful is being ungrateful, which is a grumbler. Does anybody know a grumbler? How you doing? It's a beautiful day outside. <laughs> it's just awful. But, but you know what? Grumbling leads to chaos. But you know what? Being grateful leads to salvation. Salvation, full expression of salvation in your life. It really, really does. Romans 1.21, the New Living Translation says, Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship God as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. See, here's people who refuse to be grateful. There's a revelation of God, a demonstration of God, and everything you have is the mercy and goodness of God, but they refuse to be grateful. They made up other things to be worshiped and to adore and to follow and pursue. And as a result, the result of that ingratitude, the result of it is darkness and confusion. So it's in the word. Like, you know, trust me, just being a grumbler is not just neutral. Being a grumbler leads to something, and it leads to a clouded, darkened, messed up life. Amen. So turn to your neighbor and say, stop it. Amen. It's good. Those who had a highly optimistic person beside them. Being unthankful is the cornerstone, the launching point for every corrupting influence. Wow, that's pretty strong, isn't it? I said that. Being unthankful is the cornerstone. It's the launching point. It's the beginning place for every corrupting influence. Philippians 2.14, it says, do all things without complaining or disputing. I looked up all things. It means all things. Do all things without disputing or complaining. All things, disputing and complaining, eh, do everything without that. First Peter 4 9, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Be in relationships with each other. Grumbling leads to a mess. Grumbling leads to chaos. It's just an ugly downward spiral. Don't do it. Let me show you the grumble chart. Here it is. There it is. You can just see the yellow line a little bit. You know, got grumble came up a little bit when I shouldn't be such a grumble, then grumbled again, and then had a bad day and just went straight into the pit of grumble chaos. Don't be a grumbler. If you got nothing else out of today, just if you're just tempted a little bit, just a, just just when it's about to just capture it and cast it aside. Because it's not going to help you. In fact, it is really destructive to you and your world. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you guys are a great church. 
All right, so Psalm, 20, Psalm 50, 23. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. So thanksgiving honors and glorifies God, and he who orders his way aright, they prepare the way that I may show him, that I might demonstrate to him the salvation of God. What's the salvation of God? Next slide says, salvation, Yesha is, Yesha is deliverance, salvation, rescue, safety, welfare, prosperity, and victory. Now you see, orders his way aright. What do you mean order? Well, it's connected to the first the first thought. The first thought is live a thankful life all the time. If you're thankful, you give praise and you honor me. If you glorify God and that's a way of life, I like what, what Bill was saying too. He says, you know, I'm not just thankful today. Or I'm not just thankful every once in a while. Be thankful all the time where somebody, Bill, Cheryl, somebody said it. Made it might have been Jen. Was it Jen? I don't know. But, you know, be thankful all the time. Like, and, you know, you op- that opens the way because being thankful is aligning yourself with the process that God wants you on. And when you align yourself with the thankful process, you're providing a way for truckloads of blessing to be unloaded in your life. God is always good and all his plans for you are good. But I tell you, if you live in Grumbleville, you're literally saying, don't dump the love and goodness of God here. But he wants to, and he'll never change his mind that he wants to. But little old puny you literally can't quench the spirit of God. Isn't that bizarre? I can say no to God. And it doesn't mean it changed, doesn't change his nature. He's still nuts about me, wants to bless me. But I can live in Grumbleville and live outside of the blessing of God. Because I'm an ungrateful person. I'm not, by the way, but I mean, you, you, don't, you shouldn't live there. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 19, rejoice always, looked up always, you know what it means? What does that look like? Hey, it's not just joy, it's rejoicing. It's not just joy, it's a joy that is recharged every moment, rejoicing constantly, bubbling over with life is good, God is good, I am blessed, hallelujah. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Amen. Got a flat tire on the way here. Thank you, Jesus. I never thank God for a flat tire, but I thank God I have a wife who knows how to change them. So it's so good. You know, sometimes days are bad, but I'm telling you, even in a bad situation, if you will, and you're going to learn today really clearly, that if you're even in a bad situation, if you will continue with a steadfast stream of thanksgiving to God, you will always provide that no matter what circumstance you go through, you'll turn every circumstance into a transition to promotion. That's absolutely true. If you're going to clap, clap. I mean, come on, what was that? In everything you give thanks. What's the will of God for me, pastor? I want, I'm searching for the will of God. It's right here. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything you give thanks. That's the will of God for you. Uh, I was hoping for something different. You know what? Here's what God says. If you will rejoice always, if you will always live in a place of, of communication with me, under an open heaven with me, if you will always give thanks in every situation, that's my will for you, and that will result in a blessed life. Boom, right there. So, and here's the next thing connected to it. Do not quench the spirit. You know, because you, you can either live under that open heaven and live in the bounty of God, or you can quench the flow of the spirit of God in your life. Uh, isn't that crazy? He wouldn't say don't quench the spirit if you couldn't. It'd be a silly thing to say if it was impossible. So you can't say, you know, that I could never quench the spirit, because you can. You can stop that flow in your Alive. All right, so let's look at the grateful chart. Here's the grateful. Look at that. See, just every once in a while, just slipped a little bit, had a bad day, but boom, right back on track, and then boom, right back on track until you get into that place where, you know what, I'm always above the line. I'm always, I'm fixing myself in that attitude of gratitude. Cicero, a wise guy who lived before Christ in 106 to 43 BC, he said, gratitude is not only the greatest of all virtues, but it is the parent Gratitude is not the, only the greatest of all virtues. It is the parent of all other virtues. So if you want to develop patience, if you want to be more loving, if you, you want to you know, be more long-suffering, if you want any of those things, it says the, the, the seedbed, the place where all those things, the source of those things is having a thankful attitude. If you can only work on one attitude in your whole life, work on 
Gratitude. Work on Thanksgiving. It's not thanks holiday. It's Thanksgiving holiday. And there's something about Thanksgiving that really releases something in your life. What you appreciate, appreciates. Have you ever had something precious, something you bought? You know, my, my family, I think my brother buys his uh, grandkids and things silver dollars now and gives them things. As, you know, my grandmother used to give us silver dollars. We had silver dollars. And, and, you know, if you kept those silver dollars right now, they would appreciate. They've appreciated their precious metal. They've appreciated. I took my silver dollars and bought a Batman suit. <laughs> I really did. It was so good. My dad was so mad at the store owner, he couldn't believe that. When he went back, he said, my son bought a Batman suit here, and he used his silver dollars. I want the silver dollars back. The guy said, yeah, gee, I don't remember that. My dad's going, I remember that. I know he did it. You remember it. Don't lie to me. And my dad just, he got those silver dollars back out of that guy. But then my dad had to pay for the coloring book that I got my friend. So, because, you know, I thought if I'm going to get a Batman suit, I should at least get my son, my friend, a coloring book, which we did, so... He got to keep the coloring book, and I lost the Batman suit. And until last week, I was really bitter about that, but I, I got, got healed. I love Batman. But anyways. But you know, what you appreciate appreciates. You know, what you're grateful for, what you're thankful for, you, it says that you raise or you increase its value. So when you're appreciating someone, when you say, I appreciate you, you're raising and increasing its value. Isn't that good? I was really actually happy to hear people say, I appreciate my pastor. I was actually happy to hear that. October is Appreciate Your Pastor Month. Anyways, just threw that out there. It really is. It's on the calendar. But, <laughs> but you know, imagine if you, if you stop appreciating somebody or you disappreciate it in your life, it'll, it'll lose value to you. And then you'll suddenly wonder why I actually don't even care about that person. And then you start to think all manner of stupid things because you actually let depreciation enter into your relationship and you didn't appreciate it anymore you know appreciation is a good thing so get people do you appreciate your spouse well not really you know actually i got a lot of let me tell you a lot of stuff about my spouse you know when you start doing that you are depreciating that person in your world and you come and say i I need help with my marriage i need it well tell me about your husband oh he's such an idiot I said, well, let's, let's do this. Let's say my husband's awesome. He's special. He's a mighty man of God. No, that's not my husband. You don't know my husband. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying let's say it. My husband's awesome. He's a man of God. He's a gift to me. No, you don't understand. My, no, let's just say it. See, because what you appreciate, appreciates. And it's like that with any other value in your life, the pastor, your job, your kids. I had somebody after last night come and say thank you. I've been miserable about my job. I've hated my job for a long time, and you know what? I have. It's getting worse and worse and worse, and I realize that I'm not appreciating the gifts, the skills, and talents God's given me. And uh, even if I feel like making a change at some point, my right now is not going to change if I don't start to appreciate what God's given me right now. Amen. Had a little pitter-patter on that side. It was so good. <laughs> but it's true, honestly, appreciating, giving thanks. But, you know, here we are told to give thanks to God. You know, honestly, folks, wow, it is a really good thing to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to appreciate him and glorify him. So it is a good, good thing to do. Hallelujah. All right, so Psalm 104, 4 and 5, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to every generation. I mean, give thanks. How do we enter in? How do we begin? What's the starting process for engaging God's presence? Be thankful. Be thankful unto him. So God, God literally says, here's the approach. You ready? Literally, the gates coming into the presence of God are called thanksgiving. And that's how it all begins. But give thanks to God because he's good. And give thanks to God because he's merciful all the time. Have you ever been, you know, going successfully driving down the 401 and you get, you know, they pull you over and give you a nasty speeding ticket, you know, they're, they're ready to write you out. But then he says, you know what? I delight to show mercy. And guess what? I'm not going to give you what you deserve. You deserve a nasty speeding ticket, but I delight to show mercy. I delight to show mercy. And it's like a whole thing going on. And you're like, man, I'm so glad I got this policeman. This is so awesome. You know, no matter where you fall or you fail or you feel like you've missed it, you serve a God who delights to show mercy. You know, he delights to say, I'm over it. I'm totally over it. You're not going to get what you deserve because of the finished work of the cross. You don't get what you deserve. In fact, you're going to get what you don't deserve, which is grace. 
you're going to get my love anyway. You're not just going to get my love. You're going to get my blessing, my bounty, my benefit. There's so much to be grateful for because God is a good God and God is a merciful God and he's merciful, everlasting merciful and his truth endures to every generation, which means God is merciful today to you. And even if you're sitting here in church and came into his presence and feel like, I just don't feel great about myself. I've screwed up. He is a God of mercy. And his mercy is everlasting. So you know what? Be grateful for the fact that he's not up there trying to hold records of wrong against you. He's nuts about you. He loves you. And you always have access to his presence. Psalm 69, 30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. God is only this big in reality. But when you say thanks, God gets bigger. That's not what it means. What it means is, you know what? If you'll thank God in a situation or a circumstance, your circumstance will fall away in comparison to how big God will get in your situation. You give God an opportunity to be big in your world and in your circumstance. So magnify God. Make him big in your life with thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, 19. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always. Say always. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Wow. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thanks. Thanks. The word Eucharistia. That word is it's where we get Eucharist. It's where we get the table. It's where we get that, that, that you know, covenant table of blessing. It means gratitude. Expression. Say Expressions. Expressions, expressions of grateful language to God as an act of worship, thankfulness, giving of thanks, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, the, the, the primary Hebrew word for thanksgiving is tauda, which means to express visible. Say visible. It's visible thanks to God, adoration to God by extending your hands, kneeling, shouting, praying, shouting, all those things, expressing yourself unto God, expressing gratitude for all they have. It's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. I pray, I pray, just as your pastor, I pray for you that, that you would just on purpose make gratitude a bigger part of your walk and of your world. That's my desire. I'm going to step in a couple of psychologists, a couple of people who study Thanksgiving. They study happiness. They study people's emotional makeup, and that's what they do as a life lifestyle, as a career. They're studying what does or doesn't make people happy. Now, the one gal is Sonia Liambomersky. I don't know. That's a pretty awesome name isn't it? I don't know if I spelled that. I spelled it right. I don't know if I pronounced it right. She's a, a professor of psychology at the University of California, and she wrote a book on the how of happiness. And the book is Strategies Backed by Scientific Research That Can Be Used to Increase Happiness. Here's what she said. One characteristic of the happiest people is they are comfortable expressing gratitude for all they have. But what do we need to know, you know, what a professor in California thinks for? She's studying you. She's studying this. She's studying the human being. She's studying what are these people that God created. Did you know that one of the revelations that God speaks to us through is creation? One of the ways God speaks to us is through yourself. Look in the mirror. God's speaking to you. Look, look at creation. God is speaking. He's revealing himself. And these people are studying God's creation. And they're studying mankind, doing all kinds of studies, taking thousands of people and studying traits and giving them projects to do and looking at the result of the research. And she's found out through all that research that one characteristic of the happiest people is that they're comfortable expressing gratitude for all they have. It's good. Another, another Dr. Robert Evans, he wrote a book, Thanks. And the book, Thanks, is how the new science of gratitude can make you happier. He said in his studies, he said, I soon discovered that gratitude is a deeper, more complex phenomenon. It plays a critical role in human happiness. Gratitude is literally one of the few things that can measurably change people's lives. I want to change my life. Are you ready? Be grateful. Isn't there another way? Can't you just wave a miracle? Here's a miracle. More happiness. More joy in your life. Poof. More joy. You know what? You can have it by just being grateful. God said, if you have an attitude of gratitude, you prepare the way for me to pour truckloads of blessing in your life. Well, can't I just come up front and you slap it on me? Here, I'll give you a better way. Always be thankful and you'll always experience the flow of God's life. Please settle down. 
Gratitude, literally, literally gratitude. He also said, we have discovered that a person who experiences gratitude is able to cope more effectively with everyday stress, may show increased resilience in the face of trauma-induced stress, and may recover more quickly from illness and benefit from greater physical health. There are tons and 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 tons of studies that show that most sickness is rooted in bad attitudes. It's rooted in ingrateful. It's rooted in people who get stressed out instead of pushing things back on God. People who no matter what's going on, give thanks, are resilient. They have less illness. They're less stressed out. And it's all over the Bible. Give thanks to God. It's everywhere. Give thanks to God. Dan Baker, he said, what happy people know. He said, during an active appreciation, during active appreciation, the threatening message, this is a study. They're studying your brain. Say, I got a brain. They're studying your brain, and they said your amygdala, the fear center of your brain, the anxious area of your brain, where the anxious instincts of your brainstem, says when you're grateful, they get cut off. Suddenly and surely, from, they get cut off from access to your neocortex, where they can fester, replicate themselves, and turn your stream of thought into a cold river of dread. That was just some good writing. I thought I'd share it with you. You know, it, it says when you when you choose to stay fixed in worry and anxiety and get stressed out and and practice grumbling and ingratitude, you literally are causing a constant flow in your neocortex of damaging stuff that literally tangibly sends messages to your cells that are self-destructive and make you sick. See, the sickness doesn't come from what's going on in your cells. It comes from what's going on in your brain. And your brain is sending those destructive messages to your cells that are breaking down your body. I mean, my brother Dave is a twin. And my brother John developed uh, some type of a, a, a disease in his blood, kind of similar to leukemia and stuff like that. When he said, should I tell my twin about that? You know what? He should have the same thing. And he says, why isn't he manifesting what I am? He says, because your brother has chosen to deal with stress in a different way. So... Very good, David, very good. So you literally, and it's been proven in studying of your, of your DNA that you're not a victim of your DNA, that there are things in your DNA that are locked or unlocked based on how you respond to life. And see, here's the beautiful thing about being a believer is you're in the presence of God. You just did a half hour soaking in the greatness of God. You just did something really, really beneficial to yourself and your world and everything around you because you soaked in a place of gratitude giving thanks to God for half an hour. You literally did some therapy in your world and in your experience. It is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to his name. It's not good because God wants it. It's a good thing for you, for your world and for everything around you. All right, so that's what he said. Look at that. It's a cold river of dread. It's a fact of neurology that the brain cannot be in a state of appreciation and a state of fear at the same time. Your brain cannot be in a state of appreciation and fear. I'm afraid. I'm happy. I'm afraid. I'm thankful. I'm afraid. I'm really, really grateful. I'm afraid. You can't at the same time have those two streams flowing in your life. So fear, anxiety, anxiety, stress, and dread. We have a psychiatrist right here. I could have him come up and just tell you this is the way it is. But you can't have those two things operating in your life at the same time. When you are showing gratitude, you are shutting off negative things in your world, and you're releasing the goodness of God in your life. You are literally doing internal therapy and self-healing, which is incredible. All right, settle down. I know you're excited just some stuff to talk about while you're eating turkey and cranberries lots of gravy and stuffing and broccoli and brussels sprouts done with those little toasted almonds <sighs> and cherry pie skip the pumpkin pie i have two cherry pies at home i bought one and my brother brought one so i'm like doubled up double anointing cherry pies <laughs> All right, I found a text. You ready? But before I do that, one of the things they did was they, they, one group of people really, really helped because they didn't just give thanks. They asked them to journal their thanks. They asked them to take just five to seven minutes a day and write down every day. When you wake up, just jump up and go, thank you. And don't just declare it and speak it out. Write it down as well. So say it, think it, shout it out, and then write down the things that you're thankful for. And they said, because you do that, there's something in the writing. The writing of something actually pushes back from the conscious mind in to your subconscious mind where all your behavior actually flows out of your subconscious mind but the way you rewrite that is by doing that by writing things down by writing you're pushing back on all the negative influences in your life you're rewriting how you process life 
Hey, look, I found a text, all right? We're going to go to Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Now, I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just got one verse up there. But Daniel chapter, chapter 6 starts off, it's the, it's the reign of the Medes and the Persians. And Daniel is, is one of the young men that was taken captive when he was in Jerusalem, and Babylonia took them captive. And he's one of the young men that they thought was... He was a good-looking young guy, a healthy young guy, and they said, we're going to bring him, and we're going to have him work in the courts of the king. We're going to give him a special job and a position. And so Daniel was taken, and you can look up what it means to be a eunuch, but that was unpleasant. And so this is what Daniel happened to Daniel, and he was put in a place, basically, of, of, of civil service. And you see, three different kingdoms took over the world, but in every single one of those kingdoms, this fellow named Daniel, it says, because he had an excellent spirit, say excellent spirit. You know what I think an excellent spirit is? I think it's someone who, no matter what's going on in their life, shows gratitude and thanks to God. I think that's an excellent spirit. And he had an excellent spirit, so no matter what happened, he literally came to the top. And and different rulers, different kingdoms would come in, and this Daniel, no matter who took over, somebody found this guy and found that this guy is brilliant. I want him as a part of the governing influence. And in this government, the Medes of the Persians, there were three governors over the whole realm. And Daniel was one of the three governors over the whole realm. And he, the king loved him more than the other governors. And the other governors got jealous. And so the other governors kept on trying to find a way to depreciate Daniel in the eyes of the king. But there was no way they could do it. There, there's just, the guy is just, what are we going to do? I mean, he loves this guy. And Daniel is, has such integrity is beyond reproach. So here's Daniel. He rises up in that place. But they're jealous. And then they said, you know what? If we're going to catch him, it's going to have to have something to do with his God. It's going to have to have something to do with his faith. So they studied Daniel, and they saw that three times a day, he opened the windows of his home, and three times a day, in a, with an open window, he expressed praise to his God. He expressed thanksgiving to his God. Here's what it says. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so here's what they did. They decided, oh, king, hey, you know, king, you're awesome, you're brilliant. You know what we're thinking is that we want your name to alone be great in all the kingdom, and we think no one should be praised except you. Therefore, if anyone praises another god or exalts anything else above you, they should be thrown in a den of lions. And the king went, hey, that's a really good idea. I think I'm pretty awesome. Why not do that? That would be good for the realm. So sure enough, a law of the Medes and Persians. If the Medes and Persians made a law, that law, once you signed it written, it cannot be revoked. It cannot be changed. And so that was signed. And Daniel, look what it says, Daniel now, now Daniel knew that the writing was signed. He knew that the rules had changed. He knew that there was a whole different way of operation in the kingdom in which he served. And in that kingdom, you could not openly boast or give thanks to another god. And Daniel, knowing that, he went to his home, went to his upper room, and he opened up his windows toward Jerusalem, and he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and he prayed and he gave thanks before his God, as was his once-in-a-blue-moon routine. No, this was something David did every single day, and he did it since the early days of his life. That's why from day one, he was seen to be a special individual, because he established, Daniel established in his life that I'm going to be grateful to God. I'm going to make that a practice in my life. I'm going to honor him, and I'm going to be grateful that he's the source of every blessing in my life, and that's going to be done constantly and always in my experience, and that's what he did. But sure enough, because he did that, he said, I don't care what rules change. I'm not going to change this rule in my life. So sure enough, as before, he opened the windows, he prayed, and sure enough, they were studying him, and ha, we got him, ha, ha. They arrest him, bring him before the king. He says, Daniel, what's going on? Did you dishonor that? He says, you know, I don't want to dishonor you, O king, but I do serve a God who I love, and I've always loved and adored, and I, I cannot compromise that. So he said, Daniel, I've got to throw you in the lion den. Daniel said, whatever you got to do, you got to do. And he said, may your God watch over you. May God, your God keep you. He didn't want to do it because he loved Daniel, but he knew the rules are, if you make a rule of the Medes and the Persians, you can't change that. So he knew he had to throw him in. So he threw him in the lion's den, and then he went to his room, torment all night, couldn't sleep, and in the morning he ran out and said, Daniel, Daniel, has your God saved you? And Daniel said, man, all I did was dance all night. I mean, I was just looking at these lions, and they're like, rawr, and I went, can't touch this. Can't touch this. Don't I look yummy to you? Don't I look awesome to you? Wouldn't you like a knee bone, an ankle bone? You can't touch this. I don't know if he did that. That's just kind of my own imagination. You know, I think Daniel was confident. You know what? God will take care of me. It don't matter to me. 
Just like his other three friends, they were getting thrown in the fire. They said, you throw us in the fire. If it devours us, it devours. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But no matter what, God is God. But sure enough, God shut the mouths of those lions. And what's so beautiful about that is what happened with the story is that not only was Daniel saved, but Daniel's gratitude didn't just save him and didn't just cause promotion for him. Because if you go through the lion's den, you know what's on the other side? Promotion. You know what's on the other side of a constant life of thanksgiving even when life is miserable? Promotion. And promotion comes from God. But Daniel just didn't get promoted. God got promoted. I love it. It says, it says in one passage, it says, David took Jerusalem and God with him. Very interesting passage. I read that once. I said, David took Jerusalem and God with him. The only way God was going to get to Jerusalem is if he worked with someone here on earth to get him back in that resting place. David took Jerusalem and God with him. Daniel was elevated. Daniel was then made the master over everything. And all those other people, they smote them. But God didn't smite. It wasn't God who destroyed them. God takes no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. But that king was so fed up with the people who, who deceived and cheated him, he threw them in the lion's den. That's not God's will. That's just what those crazy cultures do. But sure enough, Daniel was delivered and Daniel was set free. Daniel was made the only ruler over the whole realm. And the king made a decree and he said that Daniel's God is now God over everything. And Daniel's God shall have dominion over every aspect of our culture. Let me introduce the secret sauce. Thanksgiving. What was the deciding factor in all that? Thanksgiving. Because Daniel, if you read Daniel, you study Daniel, he's a bit annoying to me because you never see him in any circumstance ever grumbling. He was put in some difficult places and some hard straits, but in every situation he always gave thanks to God. That's a good thing. So four observations, just four. We're going to do them really quick, but 20 minutes each one. It's funny, eh? Some of you laughed at that one more than my turkey jokes. That was good. All right. So number one, Thanksgiving is expressive. We're all different, right? I'm quiet. I'm timid. And so I may not be as expressive as some of you. But you can express Thanksgiving, and it needs to be expressed. It says the only sacrifice in the new covenant is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Just grab right here these two things right here. Those, that's your weapon. That's your tool. That's how you give thanks right there. Just try it with me. Ready? Thank you, Jesus. It's really not hard, but you know what? You can give thanks. And you know what? You can give thanks. Big, bold, run around, sweaty like Kelly, wave a flag or whatever. You don't give thanks. It should be expressive. Daniel made a public expression of God. Luke 6, 45 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if there's anything happening with your mouth, if your mouth is speaking, where is the thoughts or the intentions of, of your mouth, that verbal expression you're making, where does it come from? It comes from your heart. Now listen, if you can't give thanks, you have a heart condition. If you can't give thanks, your heart is clogged up with bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, hurt, maybe even you're mad at God. But if you can't give thanks, you have a heart problem. You go back and read about the soil, right? The seed is the imperishable, incorruptible word of God. The purpose of God for your life is powerful, imperishable, always prosper, and always bring forth what he wants. But you know, if that seed reaches a heart that is weighed down with all kinds of pressures and stress and all those other things, that cannot coexist. It cannot be fruitful. God wants you to be more fruitful. To be more fruitful, he has to come along sometimes and prune so that you can be more fruitful. Sometimes you gotta get some clutter dealt with in your heart because if you don't have a heart that is healthy and a heart that is free of obstructions, it's going to be hard for you to express gratitude to God. So I ask you right now just to let the Lord, it says he heals the brokenhearted. Now if there's brokenness in your life or pain of any sort, don't nurture it. Listen, listen, listen. Is this piano on? Is this on? Can we turn it up a bit? Can you, I can't put it on piano. I don't know how, but, but do you know how to put it on piano? Can you do that? You're so awesome. Come on, give it up for Ludwig. Thanks, Ludwig. You're so awesome. Now, what's amazing about keyboards is keyboards have something called a sustain pedal. Are you ready? So watch. I'll push the sustain pedal. Watch the pedal goes up. Isn't that amazing? Listen to this sustain. You ready?
When you grumble and you complain, you sustain. Hey, how you doing? But you know what? When you give Thanksgiving, Mad skills. It's just awesome. <laughs> but you know, if, if, if you are someone who always sustains bitterness, and, you know, I'm really upset about this, I tell you. But you were upset about it three months ago. I'm still upset about it. You're literally sustaining the da-da-da-da. You actually, it's destructive. It literally is affecting you. It's affecting your world. So you really need to go, da-da-da-da, thank you, Jesus. None of that was pleasant, but you're still good. La-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Terry, was that awesome or what? You liked it. It's really true. It really is. I know it's really simple. But when you sustain offense and you sustain brokenness and you sustain... Offense is just a nonsense way to try to move ahead. It really is. You know, the Apostle Paul said, I discipline myself to take offense at no man, which means I discipline myself to keep my foot off the sustained pedal of grumbling. Keep your foot on the sustained pedal of thanksgiving. Do that. So, and it's expressive. Express it. Now, the abundance of your heart, express thanksgiving. Number two, number two. How is that? Number two. Number two, thanksgiving engages his presence. In verse 10, it says he gave thanks not to God, but he says he gave thanks before God. I jump out of bed every day and I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's so good. I say, thank you, Jesus. I give thanks to Jesus about stuff right away. I, I don't know about you, but I like to have my shower first thing in the morning. I like the first thing I do, I like to go in there and I like to turn on the shower. And I've always, it's been a practice of mine that I just let the shower just hit me and go, oh, every day the Lord anoints me. He, he just pours fresh oil on my head. He, he floods me and fills me. And I just use that, just like that piano. I, I use something tangible, physical, as an example of daily he loads me with benefits. Yeah. Daily, every day, the Lord is for me. And every day I acknowledge this, that I am not alone today. God is with me. And he He's anointed me, and I thank God that he's going to prosper me every step of the way. Thank God for my wife, for my family, for the church, for the staff that I get to work with, for the people I'll get to touch today with the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus, for another day to breathe out the grace of God. You know, when you do that, Psalm 52, 95, 2 says, Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And when you do that, you're acknowledging this truth, which is an absolute truth. You are never alone. And God is always with you. And he is always for you. So good. Number three. Number three, Thanksgiving fosters resilience, and it does. I mean, we've seen studies from psychologists and psychiatrists and professors in hospitals. They've done studies. There's all kinds of them. They study that people that are thankful are more resilient through hardship, through sickness, through adversity. People who are thankful and sustain the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They're more resilient in life. We recount, I love that, it says, we give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks for your name is near, we recount your wondrous deeds. That's why I asked Cheryl today to share, because I remember that one time where she actually got a journal, because somebody said, you know, count your blessings. You ever done that, count your blessings? And somebody was teaching once, and Cheryl said, you know, I'm going to count my blessings. And she actually made a journal, and every time somebody bought her a coffee or something special happened in her day, she wrote it down and she gave a value to it. And I kid you not, she's not kidding. We added up what all of that would have been worth. It was 1500 bucks. And then sometimes people are like, what's God done for me lately? God is good to all. He's good to all. And you know what? We recount your wondrous. It was just a coffee. Yeah, 30 times a month. I mean, it's so wonderful when you think about it. It's really, really good stuff. But when you have Thanksgiving, it fosters resilience. And with Daniel, to see with Daniel, every different conquering ruler that came in, no matter what happened, no matter what devastated the, the world, the whole known world devastated by some other raging, crazy lunatic who wanted to take over the world, no matter what happened in every circumstance, Daniel rose to the top. 
You know, the cream always rises to the top. And the people of God, they're God's children. And he watches over his children. And you know what? He's going to prosper you and bless you in every circumstance. And thanksgiving is going to foster really. Number four. Now, this wasn't my point. This was the staff's point. It's true, Kelly, isn't it? Yes, it is. My, I want, you see, we, we get together on Thursday and we talk about the sermon and, and Zach drafts the questions for our small groups. And so I asked them to collaborate with me and what are we going to teach on in these things. And the way I laid it out was number four. Like, let's finish with a bang. Thanksgiving leads to global domination. Yes! That was my point. If you want to change yours because you like that one, you can. But the staff twisted my arm and said, why can't we just go with wins the day? I went, okay transformation or thanksgiving leads to global domination thanksgiving wins the day <laughs> i'll let you decide but anyways <laughs> wins the day okay thank you. and his dominion that's what it said in verse 26 after daniel went through this difficulty with the same way he faced every day thank god he approached every day with thanks be to god and when Daniel approached that day with thanks be to God, you know what the result of that day was? The, the nasty, pagan, foreign king, he decided that Daniel, your God is God. And Daniel, your God is the God that we will alone exalt. And Daniel, this is his declaration, your God and his dominion shall endure to the end. You might be in a nasty situation where you think, what are we going to do? I mean, look at the affairs of the world. Look what's going on. Look at our neighbors to the south. Oh, my goodness. You might think we're in impossible, messy situations. But I tell you, the same God who's God today was God back then. And things can shift in a moment. If God could find people that would really live in an attitude of grace, compassion, empathy, and hope. I mean, what could happen if we really became a people who didn't just have a thanks pause in our day, but we really were a people of thanksgiving? We practiced it all the time. We didn't get into the grumble side of life, but we stayed in the sustained gratitude for God for all things. What can happen with a church that develops that kind of posture? We're not a bunch of grumble pusses. We're a bunch of thanks be to God people. We're a great God company. We're a thanks be to God company. We're and thankful to God for all things and especially for each other. When you run into a community like that, there's no room. Literally, you cannot have a negative flow and a positive flow at the same time. And we're going to lock ourselves down that we're going to put ourselves, we're going to set ourselves, we're going to fix ourselves to be people who only give thanksgiving, who only make room for the goodness of God to be manifest in our world. Amen. We are those people. We are those people. And thanksgiving is so very, very important to your personal well-being, your life, all that we do, and to us as the people of God in the broader community. Just like Daniel took God and made him great, we are. Because it says of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end, which includes right now. There's no plan B. God's really depending on us. And one of the ways that'll happen is if we discipline ourselves that thanksgiving is going to be my set point. It's going to be my default all the time that no matter what happens to me, I'm going to say, thanks be to God. Yeah. Boom. Thanks be to God. You're going to get thrown into the lions. Thanks be to God. Can't touch this. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sound effects. Come on, why don't you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Come on, say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, I'm going to, boom, I'm settling right now. You, you got grumbling trying to rise up in you right now. You got grumbling trying to rise up in you right now. Just say no. Say, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I'm going to be grateful. You know, if things aren't going the way you think or whatever, you know what? If you don't have a, a, you know, some way to fix it or be involved in it, here's what you need to do. You need to say, I give thanks to God. You need to set yourself and fix yourself. I give thanks to God. Fix yourself in that place. And make that your everyday custom. Make that 
your everyday strategy that you're going to trust Jesus. Now listen, maybe you're here today and you wandered in, somebody brought you, a family member brought you, you, you found yourself in church, Thanksgiving, I'll be in church. Do you know him as your Lord and Savior? Have you thanked him as the Lord and Savior of your life? Have you said thank you that you forgive me my sins, you set me free, thank you that you are the way that I can be reconciled to the Father. If you've never done that or you don't know what it is to have him as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you this morning. And if that's you and you can feel right now, I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I want to accept him as my Savior. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. Everybody's praying. Everybody, nobody's looking at you. It's not about anybody else. It's about you and the touch of God on your life right now. And if you want to say, pray for me, Pastor. I want to know before I leave today, I want to know that I'm a child of God. If that's you, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to go one, two, three. And would you please just put your hand up high enough so I can see it? Would you do that? Are you ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand up very high. Very high so I can see it. Thank you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand up very high. Very high so I can see it. All right, let's pray. If you had your hand up, you pray. You're going to pray out loud, okay? And everybody around you is going to pray out loud, so you don't have to worry about feeling awkward because you're praying, because we're all praying. So I want you to pray this with me. Say, thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving yourself for me. I thank you that because of the finished work of the cross, I am forgiven, I am healed, and I am free. I receive you right now as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me. Thank you that this day I am born of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now somebody might tap you on the shoulder and chat with you. Because we don't want you just to make a decision or say a little prayer. We want you to fully unpack all the good things that it means to be a child of God. So bless you, bless you, bless you. Can I have those that are part of the prayer team today or our elders and those that are part of the ministry team, can you guys come up now and even this Thanksgiving day, yeah, I know some of you got places place to go and things to do right away, but we never want to not have an opportunity for people to have prayer. So these folks are ready to pray for you and minister to you. So if you need prayer for anything today, there's going to be people here at the altar that you can come to. And you know, last night we had a testimony from Brenda and Brenda is a neighbor of Stefan and Stefan talked about how God totally healed his life. And so she came and she got prayer just like this. And you know, she had a heart condition. She had stints in her heart. She had terrible cholesterol situations. She had a blood clot in her heart. She had blood clots in her leg. They said she wasn't going to be able to walk. They thought they might even have to amputate a leg. And you know, since she got prayer here, just months ago since you got prayer here they said the blood clot has left your heart they said your legs are fine and they even said I'm not sure what's happened but you don't have a cholesterol problem anymore now it's such a great story such a great testimony and, and you know if God did it for Brenda he'll do it for you you know so there's there's a touch for you and you can come and just say you know thank you Jesus thank you Jesus that you didn't just save me but you healed me and I thank you right now that, you know what, cholesterol goes. I command every system in my body to be aligned properly and healthy. I curse anything attacking, anything in my body. Lord, forgive me for grumbling and, and, and going down the nutty road of fear and anxiety. I'm going to fix myself on gratitude and thanksgiving. And I just establish myself in this fact that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, body, soul, and spirit, totally aligned with your intentions bless you, Lord. I bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. The altars are open. If you need prayer, you can come. I just, in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, I just pray that you would have a blessed weekend and that God's blessing and his love would be in your life. So have an awesome weekend. Don't forget this. Cheryl and I are so grateful for you. Love you, and I pray the very, very best for you. God bless you. Have an awesome day.